Hi, Ralph. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? Okay. And how about you? Well, I'm doing really well today. You know, I have uh, no signs of obvious stress, which is, for me, a good thing. Okay. Stress. Hmm. Is that what we're going to be talking about today? Well, we're going to be talking mostly about a reaction to stress, which is uh, our fight or flight response. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Fight flight or sometimes freeze. freeze yeah we've talked about freeze in the past okay um was was it ever uh, um, a good thing to uh, flee or to uh, fight in the case of uh, when, when confronted by stress well it was you know um the uh, the interesting thing is that uh, for for animals, uh, you hear a, a rustle in the grass. Uh, is it the wind or is it a tiger? Well, if you run away, and it's a tiger, you've saved your life. <laughs> if you if can you, run fast enough. Yeah, if you run away and it's the wind, well. You but, ran away. Yeah. You know. Uh, you're still alive. You're still alive. Okay. And uh, you can say, oh, that was the wind. Okay. Let, you're alive to fight another day. Yeah. How about that freeze response? Is that ad adaptive at all? I think so, because um, predators tend to be able to see motion much, uh, much more acutely than they see uh, uh, silhouette. Uh-huh. So if you uh, get a rabbit who's being uh, stalked by a fox and the rabbit hunches down and doesn't move, the fox maybe doesn't see it. Uh-huh, okay. Now, we don't have lions or tigers here in Mount Pleasant, Ralph. No, we don't. But we have people who are experiencing stress. Of course. And some of the people experience stress because of past traumatic experience. Or present. Or present yeah. traumatic experience. Now, the reason I say past traumatic okay. experience is, uh, suppose you have been in a bad car accident. Okay. Now, I, I'm using this example because uh, my wife Karen was in a car accident. Uh, and when she and I drive and I get too close to the car ahead of me, she's very reactive. That puts her under stress. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, even though you have never had a car accident, right? Well, I've never had a car accident where I ran into the car ahead of me. Okay. Uh, I have had a car accident where I backed up into a post that I didn't see, but, you know. <laughs> well, that happens to all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, you say, well, okay, uh, the accident that uh, Karen was involved in, which, by the way, she was not driving, uh, that happened uh, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. But she's still reactive to it. It yeah. still stresses her out when I drive too close to the car ahead of me. Okay. So stress could be, you know, the, the perception of uh, something bad that's going to happen. That's going to happen, so yeah. So it, it can be 
something real, real that's happened to you, like you're in a war zone, that's trauma, but it could be this vicarious thing, the fear of something happening. Fear of something happening, yeah. So, you know, you say, well, okay, um, what, do, what do I fear? Well, if you were raised with a very stern, dare I say, Calvinistic uh, parents uh, who made sure that every time you behave badly, you got a big reading out, you got called into your father's study and, and uh, he told you what nine kinds of a fool you were. Um, and then you grow up and you're working and uh, you get an email one day that says report to the uh, boss's office. Aha, uh -huh. I see where you're going with this. So Some of that early, early experience with early, daddy. Early trauma with daddy or mommy. or translates into this fear. Of, in, of so the, you go into your boss's office who is prepared to say to you, I'm just, I want to congratulate you on the really good job you did on X file. Mm -hmm. And you go in kind of quivering in your boots saying, I'm going to get a big reading out. I know it. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, the emotional sensor or sense center in the brain is way, way down deep on top of the brain stem, but buried deep in the uh, cerebral cortex. And it's called the amygdala. Right. And that the amygdala will get triggered and triggers the flight, f fright, fight. <laughs> Easy for me to say, right? Yeah. Fight, uh, flight, or freeze response. Response. Um, and it'll do it either in the face of something that's real and imminent, you know, danger, or in something that's, I would say, uh, imagined. Like yeah. the person who thinks or imagines that they're going to be reamed out by the boss. So it's kind of like a smoke detector in the house. We had pancakes for breakfast, and the smoke detector, you know, went off because we right. had some. Now, that was, you know, if if the house is on fire, you know, that's a real danger. But you know, and having your smoke detector go off is a really good thing. Right at three o'clock in the morning, when <laughs> you suddenly wake up and the smoke alarm is going beep beep beep, mm -hmm. and you say, "Oh, yeah, fire!" When it goes off. With the pancakes, it's a little, I don't know, uh, discombobulating. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little uh, irritating. Irritating. Thank you. Irritating. Well, there are a lot of people who are experiencing stress, either real, traumatic, right now, or imagined. And uh, in the uh, learn more, you'll be able to see if you want a TED talk by a fellow. A psychologist, and he's at a TEDx in Amsterdam, and he gives a pretty good talk about the causes of stress and also how to uh, how to deal with them. So let's us talk a little bit about this today, Ralph. Okay, um, you know, one of the things that you know you talked about freezing. Okay, the the correlate here that a lot of our clients have in the face of stress 
it's just kind of an emotional numbness. You know, they, yeah. it's not really a freeze, but they're just having difficulty finding enjoyment out of life. Yeah, and um, I think part of it also, Jim, is that, uh, you, you know, you can enjoy um, things that you're doing, you can enjoy hobbies, uh, etc. And, and if you end up in that, that freeze situation, uh, I think it's, it's easy to mistake that for depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, other problems that we see in times of stress include sleeping problems. Uh, often we think of insomnia, you know, people who have... Uh, uh, I can remember when I was working on my uh, doctoral dissertation and getting closer and closer to having, you know, to make the defense. Uh, I, who usually sleep pretty well, uh, had a few sleepless nights. Yeah. yeah. So, what is uh, uh, doing doctoral work stressful? Yeah. And, uh, you know, was I afraid that my committee was going to kill me? No. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, it, it, I took that uh, uh, anxiety and fear to bed with me, I think. And um, it was a result. You know, I had not enough sleep. I can remember my college roommate. Um, he, just before final exams, he would uh, pile up all of the books that he had to read, that he hadn't read throughout the uh, term, and uh, pile them up on his desk. Then he would take to bed. He'd occasionally rise up and look at the books and moan, and then go back to sleep. You know, he'd sleep yeah. 20 hours a, a day. Yeah. And then... Um, you know, Which didn't get the books read, but... Uh, yeah, well, the thing is, uh, eight hours before the exam, you know, he'd go through all this stuff, he'd end up with an A, and I'd end up with a C, <laughs> having <laughs> plotted through the material for the last 12 weeks. So, stress can shorten your sleep, uh, yeah. or lengthen it, I suppose. Yeah, and uh, you know, you say, well, uh, what what uh, what kind of stressors that I I don't uh, necessarily think of as stress? Well, prejudice. If you're in a community which is uh, subject to a lot of community violence, even though it doesn't affect you, you've never uh, you've never faced somebody with a with a firearm saying, give me your dough, uh, or financial insecurity. You know, you end up in a, in a given month where uh, you have run out of money and there's still half the month to go. Uh, <laughs> you know, you say, well, uh, that's stressful. Yeah, yeah. Stressful. Yeah. So, or getting fired, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all of those kind of things. And, you know, you look at it and you say, well, okay. But what we're talking about here is a problem of the stress reaction becoming habitual. Okay, good, good point. That when bad things are going to happen to good people, right? Right. And so, you know, 
what do the Stoics have to say? You know, if you haven't uh, listened to our podcasts on Stoicism, <laughs> go on back and see if you can find them. And, and, you know, the Stoics would say, don't sweat what you can't control, right? Right. Yeah. So, how do we deal with um, uh, stressful situations? How can we calm down? You know, that's, that's, I think, should be the, the takeaway from this uh, podcast. You know, what kinds of things can, can lead to a calming response instead of our hair, you know, getting on fire? Uh, well, um, the one of the things, Jim, I think is, uh, and uh, our listeners regularly have heard me uh, as a mantra say this, is exercise. Okay, yeah. Exercise can have a calming uh, uh, effect, you know, could be a good coping skill. And you, you don't necessarily, when I say that, uh, you know, people talk about things like the endorphin rush and the runner's high and blah, blah. You don't have to do that. Just going out and walking around the block twice uh, often calms people down. Okay, good, good uh, point. You know, we've talked about these triggers being learned through... Um, previous experiences, can we uh, unlearn the, the things that trigger the stress response? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, uh, psychotherapy might help. Yeah. Um, and Go ahead. even as simple a thing as saying, okay, well, I know, I know what, uh, what puts me in stress mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, I, I have a, a friend who, uh, as a, a young man, liked to go to concerts. And then one night at a rock concert, uh, he was robbed. Okay. And now, going into any kind of a large group, and I'm talking, you know, like concert size. Uh-huh. Uh, he he just says I can't do it and avoids that uh, okay. because he he's aware that that's a trigger event for him. Yeah, and I suppose uh, avoiding rock concerts is not in any way kind of going to threaten your your existence. If you were um, afraid to go into the factory where you work, that might be another thing, right? Right. And so a behavioral approach to therapy could help somebody who has a phobic reaction. Yeah. yeah. Medication can help. Um, it can, and, uh, you know, uh, many people find that, uh, that their cortisol level can be, cortisol is the stress hormone, mm -hmm. can be regulated uh, with mild, uh, mild medication. Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, gets to me is uh, driving in big cities. Now, we're in Michigan. We don't have a lot of big cities around here. But right. when uh, uh, I go down to visit uh, my daughters in 
Dearborn or in the Ann Arbor area or when we go a little further into Detroit when I'm, I'm kind of like your wife when you were talking about a few minutes ago. I might be the passenger in the car, but I am a nervous passenger that drives my drives the driver crazy. And yeah. so I talked to my doctor about it, and he said, I said, you know, when I'm, we're on a five-lane expressway and the cars are going, you know, at the speed of sound, you know, I get stressed. And he said, of course you do. <laughs> you know, you live in Mount Pleasant. <laughs> so uh, um, I'm kind of like... Oh, Remember the Andy Griffin show that they had Don Knotts had one bullet? <laughs> yeah, his, his gun. yeah. Well, I have three, I think they're called Xanax, uh, so that I can, you know, if I have to go down to Detroit, I can take one on the way down, the way back, you know, one more, one, and then you know, I've got one. One in reserve. One in reserve. <laughs> and so when I use those three up, it'll give me three more, you know. I said, I don't think I'm going to abuse Xanax. And he said, no, I'm, I'll help you make sure you don't. So <laughs> med medication can help. Um, other coping sk uh, skills like exercise uh, would be um, relaxation. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I've thought about working on is a book called The Rest of Your Life. And the reason for that title is that I've learned that uh, even though I sleep well, uh, I'm, I don't relax very well. You, know, you seem to be more, more relaxed than I am most of the time, Ralph. I try to be. Yeah. So learning to, learning to relax. Now, in your case, what I see is uh, you read a lot. Is reading your relaxation? Reading is a relaxation for me. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing, Jim, that uh, maybe, and, and this goes back to when I was uh, 12, and my father had uh, a serious heart attack and almost died. Uh-huh. <clears throat> no, my father was always fairly tense. He was one of those individuals that just um, was a high-tension kind of guy. Uh-huh, okay. And I looked at his heart attack event, and I made a very conscious decision that I said, I am not going to be like my dad. Uh -huh. I'm not going to be tightly wired. I'm going to be laid back. Now, I don't know how much that has consciously influenced my ability to relax, but I think it has unconsciously done that. Yeah, and I, uh, I knew your dad, and um, he was in a pretty stressful job. He, he was. was the chief inspector at a the steel plant that we've talked about in the past, right? Right, and one of one of the uh, things that he had to do in his job was uh, to go to various companies that had bought steel from uh, from the company and tell them, uh, yes, the steel that you bought is uh, is defective. It is not. Uh, up to spec, or 
you guys are using this wrong. Uh-huh. Okay. And, of course, if he, if he was able to say, you're using this wrong, that was good for the company. Yeah. If he had to say, our steel is defective, we'll replace it, that might mean a million-dollar loss. Okay. So, your dad has uh, good cr credentials for being uh, a little bit you know, uptight. A high-stress high individual, yeah. yeah. And you have good credentials for saying, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to you know, get a, that kind of a high-pressure job. You know, I was wondering, we talked about this just at the beginning before we turned on the uh, um, recording, but how about people in politics? Like former President uh, um, uh, Trump, <laughs> I almost blocked on his name. Um, how, how does he handle stress? How does Joe Biden handle stress? You know, I don't understand it, uh, Jim, myself. I think there are, there are other, there are either some people who successfully ignore the stress of their lives um, and I think that's a very, very small number. Mm -hmm. Or there are people who don't feel stress in the same way that we do. Yeah, it could well be. Yeah. You know, like I think a lot of people, we, we talked about the uh, unconscious uh, hijacking of the amygdala by a stressful event mm. or thought. Yeah. Uh, and I think there are a lot of people that, uh, not a lot of people, there are a few people that just doesn't happen. Okay, yeah, that's probably so. You know, individual differences are big. You know, one other thing that I think um, can, ha can help with uh, um, de diffusing stress or diffusing stressful situations is social support. You know, if you've got somebody that you can talk with, you know, yeah. somebody who can... can actually say to you, uh, you know, Jim, you know, I have not had an accident in 50 years and the fact that I'm driving on a five-lane highway, you know, don't worry about it, you know, just relax. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that, that I think is true, but it's also, uh, it's also hard to do in the situation. Mm, okay. You know, so uh, maybe having social support where you uh, you are able to say, I had a good heart-to-heart -heart with uh, the person who usually drives, uh, in this case your wife, and she was able to say, look, I'm a good driver, I'm an excellent driver, I haven't had a, a, an accident in 50 years. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, and you are able to say, you know, I just, I can't stop worrying about it. I'm convinced that one of the other idiots on the road is going to motor briskly into us. Um, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you work through the discussion. Yeah. Uh, is a good thing. Okay, well, today we've looked at stress. We talked about the uh, smoke detector effect and uh, I guess we don't want to minimize the fact that it's a stressful world out there 
but uh, we also don't want to get freaked out by things that, you know, the, the smoking uh, pancake as opposed to the house being on fire. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So smoking pancake at 8 o'clock in the morning, one thing. House at 3 o'clock in the morning. Something else. Something else. Okay, until next time, this is Jim. And Rolf. Saying. Keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together. together.